2011, the, uh, Her Late Majesty's uh, address there, um, thinking about forgiveness. And uh, she doesn't normally touch on uh, forgiveness so much, and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, the Christmas addresses that she gave were her one opportunity to speak freely without uh, control from the government about what uh, content she had, and amazing to hear her thoughts. So yes, we must forgive. Jesus says we must forgive. And, uh, the, and we heard just then that uh, forgiveness is at the heart of the Christian faith. But how? How do we forgive? Well, uh, let's think about forgiveness itself. What is forgiveness? Let's think about the, the anatomy, maybe, of uh, forgiveness. And perhaps let's, let's just think about some small damage to begin with. Something small, a trivial example to start with before we think about some bigger things. So a small example, I used to play basketball and uh, it was low-grade, open men's basketball. It was full of aggression and clumsiness. And, uh, and um, you know, accidents happen, but sometimes they could be prevented, right? Um, without all the aggression. And, uh, and one game, we, our team had actually talked to the umpires just saying, we're not, we're not comfortable with what's going on here. Can you please rein it in? Um, and we talked to the other team and said, we are not comfortable, like, fighting. <laughs> We'd like to play basketball. It's supposed to be a non-contact sport. Um, but anyway, we, we tried that, and I ended up with a cracked rib <clears throat> as a result of this game. So I've incurred some damage to my rib. It's, it's trivial, it's pretty small, ribs heal. Um, but there is some damage there. Um, and the balance of justice has fallen out. And actually, the player who has injured me, in a sense, in justice speak, there, there is a debt that he now owes me. Some debt has been incurred. Uh, if, if some property of mine had been broken, then they would owe me for repairs or replacement of that property. So that's one part of what has happened here. But there's also conflict. There is a relational conflict between the two of us, and in fact, between the two teams of people. Um, so uh, this, this, this man, he, he might pay my medical bills, he, he might do something for me to restore the damage, but there's still a relational element between us that we need to think about. Um, I could hold on to a serious grudge against him. Uh, I might play on with, with a sense of fear that is going through my head. Um, I might not feel like shaking their hand after the game, or at least uh, for the rest of the game, the temperatures might be running high between the two teams. So there's damage to my rib, there's a debt, but there's also relational conflict. And on top of all this, uh, there is also the trouble of thinking about the future. Um, I, I might despair about playing basketball again. In fact, I don't for this very reason. Um, I gave up playing basketball because of uh, the danger of doing so. Uh, my hope of happily and safely playing basketball into my old age uh, is long gone. 
So you could see those three things as past, present, future. Debt of the past, conflict in the present, and despair for the future. Uh, the event of damage in the past incurs a debt. There is a problem now, and hope for the future has been shifted or even shattered. Where does the gospel sit with all this? Well, forgiveness actually sits mostly with the first, with debt. Uh, sometimes we talk about forgiveness as uh, that whole thing, uh, and, and language is flexible. Sometimes forgiveness, we, we mean a, a larger thing than just a cancelling of the debt. Uh, but, um, so forgiveness can have a large range of meaning, but in a narrow sense, forgiveness is cancelling the debt. A debt requires recompense, being repaid, or it requires forgiveness to forego it. Uh, to forgive is to say, you don't need to pay me back what you owe, I forgive the debt, and I will bear the cost of the damage. So the cost doesn't disappear. Uh, someone always pays the price, but forgiveness says that I will bear the cost on my shoulders or in my ribs, um, and we won't even the score. So I could, I could break his rib, and then that would even the score. Like, there wouldn't be a debt between us because we'd both equally come out with a broken rib. That would be one way of dealing with that. But to forgive says, I'm not going to break your rib to even the score. And Jesus teach us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So forgiveness is about debt. Uh, conflict then requires reconciliation. Uh, and as Christians, we have a ministry of reconciliation, which is a, about bringing an end to warfare relationships and bringing in peace, active peace, not just a ceasefire, but having real peace, having harmonious relationships. Uh, and the reason it's important to see uh, forgiveness and reconciliation separately is that we can't always achieve reconciliation. We can't always achieve that in this life. Uh, you might be stuck in a problem with someone else and you can forgive them, you can cancel the debt, but they might not want to have anything to do with you. You might not be able to reconcile a relationship. You can play your part, but reconciliation requires both parties coming to the table. They might have cut you off. Uh, they might also not be showing any sign of repentance, in which case you have to think and pray very carefully about what kind of ongoing relationship you will have with this person. Uh, but what do we have in our despair and the challenge of the future? We have resurrection. Uh, Jesus didn't stop at forgiveness on the cross. Uh, he didn't just deal with our past sins. He went forward into a future hope for us as the pioneer over, of life over death. And this means we are people of hope, uh, that we look for new green shoots, sometimes uh, sometimes there can be restoration, um, uh, restoration after some damage has occurred to, to restore as though that damage never occurred in the first place. Or there can be a, a form of restoration, so my, my rib can heal, 
And basically, I can function now as though it never happened. Sometimes restoration is possible. Uh, and, and perhaps if we think about a, a marriage, a marriage can go through significant conflict. Sometimes there can be a separation, but uh, there can also be some reconciliation and a restoration of a marriage at times. Uh, there can be some changes to that relationship, hopefully some upgrades, uh, but the marriage covenant itself can sometimes be restored. And then in other cases, uh, all we have is to wait until the Lord returns. And there we have resurrection life in the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, some things that forgiveness is not. Um, forgiveness is not a feeling, although there are plenty of feelings involved. Uh, forgiveness is an act of love and generosity. Our emotions might be quite conflicted, and ideally we would feel like forgiving. Ideally we would feel forgiveness, uh, that there would be no anger or bitterness or resentment in our hearts. But forgiveness is a choice to not hold someone to the debt they owe you. Uh, forgiveness is a path to walk where the cost is not paid back by the debtor. Uh, and so feelings might stop us from forgiving, <laughs> they can get in the way, but forgiveness itself is not a feeling. Uh, also, forgive and forget are two different things. You can forgive without having to delete all these memories from your life. Uh, the recurring memories we all have, uh, the collective experience that builds up through our lives uh, has more bearing on what we do perhaps in the present with the relationships we have now and the future hope that we live into, but we can still forgive. Um, if we use those memories and hold them against people, <laughs> Um, if we keep reminding other people of uh, the hurt that they have caused us, if I keep talking to this guy who broke my rib and remind him over and over again of the problem it caused me, or if I go around calling him the rib cracker or something or other, then, then that's, that's, that's not, you know, that's not really forgiving. That's still holding him to account. There's still holding something against him, a debt that he owes me in doing that. But if I see him, I, I, I can still remember internally what he did. Um, I, I might even ask him to play fairly and gently next time. But if I don't hold it against him or try to inflict some cost on him, then that is still a form of forgiveness. Now, ideally, again, we would be able to forget, as though it never happened, um, that we could live like that and uh, and even to live into the mind of God who as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us and uh, we might pray to God remember not the sins of my youth that's from another psalm so memory does play a part um, but we can uh, that that uh, forgiveness and forgetting are two separate things uh, if there are recurring memories that you have, recurring nightmares even, 
recurring emotions that are preventing you from forgiving someone or preventing you from forgiving yourself, then that is definitely a talk to someone about this situation. Talk to someone about those things that you are experiencing. Uh, talk to a trusted counsellor, a psychologist uh, who might have some particular mental strategies, that things that you can do with those memories. Well, as Christians, how are we empowered to forgive really painful and damaging stuff? Uh, three things, soak, cultivate, and ask. So soak, soak yourself in a forgiveness environment. Drench yourself in a world of forgiveness. Imagine living in a kingdom, living in a wonderful land that was filled with people who were excellent at forgiving. Imagine if we surrounded ourselves with stories of forgiveness. We reread, retold over and over again stories of forgiveness around us. There's something about living in that kind of land of forgiveness that would inspire everyone to forgive, to forgive even more. There's a reason we tell the story of Jesus dying on a cross to forgive the sins of the whole world over and over again because we want to soak in that story. We want to be drenched, every fiber of our being to be drenched by God's amazing grace and forgiveness. And then to be living with that in the air around us with other examples of faithful Christians living out forgiveness for themselves. When you hear stories of people being able to forgive themselves, when you hear stories of people being able to forgive others, that helps us forgive for ourselves. It opens a doorway for us to follow through ourselves. Uh, the thing you might not have picked up from, unless you have an incredible memory for history, um, from uh, the Queen's Christmas message from 2011, is uh, she mentioned very briefly there a visit to Ireland. A very brief passing note she made there, but it is incredibly significant, not just politically, but personally for her. Uh, in 2011, she made her first visit to the Republic of Ireland. In fact, it was the first time in a century that a reigning British monarch had set foot there. There was long-standing conflict, tension of nations, and her visit was part of the work of forgiveness and a cancelling of the debts that had piled up on each side. And she put forgiveness into action. So when she said at Christmas that forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith, it can heal broken families, it can restore friendships, and it can reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we feel the power of God's love. She wasn't just saying it, she went and lived that out and enacted it. It was personal for her because uh, Lord Louis Mountbatten was the uncle of her late husband, Prince Philip, and even the godfather of, now, King Charles. 
So the godfather of King Charles was assassinated by the IRA. Uh, so uh, the, the Irish Republican Army. There, there was great personal grievance for her. Her family, her immediate family, had been affected in a way by this conflict. And so she found the courage to overcome and offer forgiveness. So we can soak ourselves in stories like these. We can remember these stories where forgiveness is possible even in the most awful of circumstances. So we can soak, we can then cultivate, uh, we can practice the attitude of forgiveness. Uh, from a little less time ago, 2020, you might remember Danny and Layla Abdullah, who are a Christian couple, and on the 1st of February 2020, experienced an unspeakable tragedy when three of their children, Anthony, Angelina, and Sienna, along with uh, the kid's cousin, were killed when a drunk driver and drug-affected driver uh, lost control of his vehicle and crashed into a group of children. Uh, and the Abdullahs uh, shocked the world when they declared their forgiveness for the driver and their refusal to hate him. Uh, there's a podcast um, where someone interviews them, and I'll, I'll put a link to that podcast in the bulletin. It's well worth listening to. How can people actually forgive such horrible things happening in our world. Um, and in that podcast, they talk about some of the positive aspects of forgiveness, that to be able to forgive brings peace to my heart. They say, forgiveness is a great gift to give to yourself. But then they talk about forgiveness is like a muscle. When you go to the gym to exercise, then the stronger you become. When you practice forgiveness all your life, it becomes part of who you are. You can cultivate forgiveness in your life. Uh, they do recognize that it's difficult when you haven't been raised in an environment of forgiveness. If you haven't heard other people say, I forgive you, it's a lot harder to then say, I forgive you yourself. Uh, if you haven't heard other people show that they forgive themselves, uh, if our parents and faith community um, uh, model and demonstrate a forgiving life, if they don't, then it can be very difficult to make us start becoming a more forgiving person. But we can take steps. We can take steps and practice forgiveness in the family home, with brothers and sisters, with all of our relationships. There can be training grounds in everyday life for when we face some of the biggest challenges of forgiveness. Uh, and then finally, ask. Most of all, perhaps, ask. Ask the Holy Spirit to make possible what we find impossible. Uh, Corrie Ten Boom has an incredible story that she shares. Uh, if you've been to Alpha, the Alpha course, uh, you will have heard this story, but you can also read about it in uh, Corrie Ten Boom's book, The Hiding Place. Uh, she lived under Nazi regime. Uh, her family members died and she witnessed some horrific things. Um, later in life, she was speaking at a conference and a former Nazi soldier came up to her and uh, said that uh, he had become a Christian 
he was moved by her talk and asked for her forgiveness there and then after she had spoken at this conference and she couldn't she'd just spoken about God's love and yet she couldn't this man had done horrible things to her she recognized him horrible things to other people and understandably she couldn't possibly forgive him for what he did And she tells that it was only when God flooded her with his love and his forgiveness, when that flowed through her, and in that moment, she was able to extend forgiveness to this man. An incredible move of the Holy Spirit to make possible what is impossible for us. So ask. Forgiveness is possible by God's grace. So friends, may you soak, may you cultivate, and may you ask for the help needed to live a forgiven and a forgiving life. Amen. We're going to uh, spend a time now um, actively uh, doing some confession and a time